Welcome to Fan Fiction is Good Actually, a podcast about how fan fiction is good. Actually, I'm acting as though I'm gonna put this little segment at the front. That's why I did the intro. Maybe I won't. I haven't decided yet. We'll see. We'll see what editing Evan decides on. Hey everyone, it's editing Evan. This bit is going at the front of an entirely new episode. You will notice me multiple times refer to this episode as just a little bit that we're adding into the Song of Ice and Fire episode with Andy. It's not a little bit. It became a big bit. And then I decided it was much too big to fit into the already big episode that we had. So it's now its own episode. It's going to release after the fan theories in the Song of Ice and Fire episode. It is less timely that way, but it flows better, trust me. So I hope you enjoy, and I'm very sorry to uh, past Evan about that. This is a, a little segment that we are recording to add into what we already recorded because as I understand, there has been some uh, Song of Ice and Fire fandom fan fiction discourse or drama of some kind. Isn't that right, guest Andy? Hello, it's me, the guest. Yes, that is correct. Uh, and this led me down a deep dive of reading interviews with George R. R. Martin talking about fan fiction from the last like 10 to 15 years. I've read a lot of interviews with him about fan fiction specifically. And I thought that was relevant to this recording and to this, this fandom drama. I hate to call it fandom drama because it is, I would say significantly more dramatic than just that. But mm. Yeah, so the the main part of our first uh, recording session was uh, about fan theories and how they intersect with fan fiction and uh, the sort of motivators that drive people to come up with elaborate fan theories for this fandom in particular. Mm -hmm. But this is specifically about what we would traditionally call fan fiction in... The Song of Ice and Fire. Is that what they're called? The Song of Ice and Fire fandom? Is, is there a, a Martin verse uh, title or something like that? Uh, I feel like most fans of specifically the books re would, would probably refer to it as like the song fandom to shorten it. Mm -hmm. But uh, in writing, it's always A-S-O-I-F. Soya. Yeah. Like fandom. And then, you know, just casually talk like, oh, yeah, song. <laughs> uh, so I have no vines into this. I, mm -hmm. you know, I only watched the show and I'm watching Hot D now, which I'm enjoying. Yeah. Um, You've read the first book. Oh, I have now. Yeah. Yeah. In the time since we recorded to now. Yeah. I keep forgetting that I read the book because it's so <laughs> it's so practically identical to uh, the first season. Mm -hmm. there, there is some other stuff in there. Yeah, it's very close. Um, so yeah, I have no vines into this, so you're going to have to give me a breakdown of exactly what this drama is and what it means and why why we care about it. Okay. So I think what I'm going to do first is give background on George's take on fan fiction. Because uh, I think establishing that will help create the, the, the through-line narrative of this scandal that has kind of like been going on the past like two weeks 
Um, scandal seems like a like a dramatic word for it maybe it is that dramatic i don't know i think it's pretty dramatic yeah personally i can't wait i'm so excited so i wrongly assumed that george rr martin did not have a particularly spicy take regarding fan fiction Mm. uh mostly because i have seen him talk about things that I would consider to be adjacent to fan fiction, and him uh, seemed delighted by them. So uh, George loves fan art. George likes when, uh, like, George loves fan conventions. There's lots of specifically like book related, a song of ice and fire conventions that uh, George seems very tickled by. Uh, George went to the first ever comic con in the u.s like the first one ever and uh like fans have written musicals that he seems tickled by and like he he seems fan friendly yeah he seems uh fandom fan pro fandom yes he seems pro fandom he very famously wrote fan fiction of his own characters fighting other literary characters I heard him mention in passing that he used to write fan fiction as a child, and he credits that with like him like sharpening his author tools. Yeah, as many people do. That's a very common path into like professional writing. Uh, turns out though, George R. R. Martin hates fan fiction. Boo! So he has a a many many reasons as to why he hates fan fiction and i think like they can be summed up in he doesn't understand what modern fan fiction is anymore Mm -hmm. uh but i'm gonna kind of walk you through his his points and and you know we'll kind of discuss them um the first one and the biggest is he referenced a couple of cases that i believe happened in like the 60s and 70s where uh famous authors who were encouraging fan fiction uh got into legal kerfluffles because they were reading fan fiction of their work and they happened across one that was very similar with what they were planning to do with their next book and when they reached out to said fans and said hey like this is awkward i was already planning on doing this but like I don't want you to think I stole it from you. Like, are you cool if I, like, give you credit in, in the book as, like, a special thank you? And then the fan was like, fuck you, give me money. And then the author, like, canceled the book that she was writing and, like, vowed to never release it. I gotta look into this because that sounds mythical to me. Yeah. I, I, I am not... This Something like that could have happened. It's not impossible, but I would be very surprised if it happened quite that way um i i follow a couple of authors on tumblr shout out to tumblr um i don't i don't know why i'm still on tumblr i don't think they're bringing titties back but uh i do follow a couple of artists or a a couple of authors on tumblr and from seeing fans interact with them on there it seems like best practice is uh to not interact with fan fiction at all so that the perception cannot exist that you like stole someone's idea i don't think that would be a legal issue even if they did they just don't want to 
uh, like create sort of a conflict with their fans by allowing anyone to have the impression that they like ripped off a of fan fiction. Uh, I'm sure it took a few decades of like interaction with fan culture for that sort of status quo to come about. I'm sure that like you know that wasn't the the very first reaction that uh published authors had to like things like zines um but like that seems to be best practice nowadays and it's just kind of like a mutual respect thing i don't know within i would think that uh with copyright law being currently what it is that if anything the fan would get in trouble in that type of an interaction not the author um, but again, I don't know. There's a lot of intricacy to like copyright law. So that was my thought is that it seemed like a pretty massive misunderstanding of like fan, like fan fiction community as it is now. And also a misunderstanding of how like laws around IP work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that was the one thing. And like, as to your point of like, you want to look this up, I believe this was from, George Martin's not a blog post. That's what he calls his blog. He calls it the not a blog uh, from like 2013. So if you look up like George R. R. Martin, not a blog fan fiction, you'll, you'll find the article that I'm talking about here that he wrote. Okay. Um, the next thing that he said is that it weakens his IP. So he's uncomfortable with it because it weakens his IP. And um, he feels that, more people writing fan fiction means that they're not reading his books, means they're not watching his shows. Wait. I know. Wait a second. When you said weakens the IP, I can see something like an argument for that um, where, like, Disney's very preoccupied with this idea of, like, brand integrity, where, like, they want to project a certain image of their characters into the world and they don't want anyone without their permission like reinterpreting those characters because they want they want people to associate Anakin Skywalker with a very specific thing because that makes it easier to sell merchandise and theme park tickets and stuff like that. Disney does so. not like the Obi-Kin fix that I read. No. Yeah, sure. Because they want, you know, this they want their their intellectual property be property to be associated with like family friendly activities and with like heroism and with sort of this like platonic ideal of purity and, like they want their characters to be extremely uncontroversial in the modern era because that makes it easier to sell stuff. And they do not want the perception of any of these characters, you know, air quotes, contaminated by any, uh, you know, X-rated media or anything like that. And that is that is sort of a form of, like, diluting the brand or weakening the IP from a sort of, like, capitalist perspective. So that I don't like but I see that argument. However, uh, saying that someone is less likely to read your book or watch your show 
because they're reading fan fiction instead is nonsense to me. It doesn't make um, sense. Because you have to, like, the whole idea, and, like, there there are exceptions, granted. Like, I know people who've read fan fiction for fandoms that they have not seen the primary media for, but typically, typically, you get into the primary media first, and then you read the fan fiction because you're so passionate about the mm-hmm. primary media. If it happens the other way around, where you encounter a fan fiction that you really love, and you haven't read the primary media associated with it, you're more likely to go and consume the primary media because you loved that fan fiction so much. Even if it, I mean, maybe it ultimately disappoints you, but George R.R. R. Martin already has your eleven ninety nine for the paperback or whatever, mm-hmm. so which you wouldn't have spent otherwise. Also, like, I think his point, too, is in this world now where he is very connected to HBO. That somehow he's worried that, like, these fanfic writers who are out of control are going to weaken the the IP and then he won't be able to, like, sell, you know, George wants to sell his shit to companies who will make it into movies and shows. Sure. Um, uh, I think. And he, like, he comes from a world of Hollywood first. He was a, a script writer mm-hmm. and a producer in TV before he became uh a, a fiction writer so like he his interest is in selling his ip to studios to make shows and he's like yeah like these fanfic writers they weaken the ip and the people aren't going to want to buy my shit and i'm like george that just isn't how it works though like if you have a yeah. thriving fan community that's engagement like that's that's good like studios want that sort of yeah. thing uh they try desperately to like figure out a way to like make it in a lab and do it. And it, yeah. like, it needs to come about naturally. And you have this going naturally for your shit. That's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. That's certainly not how it works anymore. Uh, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, if there were a lot of, uh, you know, freakos on the internet writing horny fan fiction about your thing, there might be some scenarios where that would turn a studio off. Um, but that is certainly not how it is anymore. Like you said, studios are actively trying to manufacture fandom now granted they want that fandom to be on their terms like i said disney still really does not want their ip associated with horny shit um but like disney has also fully come to accept that that like is part of the disney fandom though like they know that it exists they don't want to acknowledge it but they know that no matter what movie they make next, there's going to be horny X-rated art and fan fiction about it. Sure, they don't speak out. They don't. They don't go after individual fans because they have calculated that that's a bad look for them. Like it would only make this whatever it is like more visible if they were to come after. Disney will still absolutely uh, send a, a C and D to you if you tried to sell anything vaguely mickey shaped <laughs> so connected but... to this george is worried that if he knows that the fan fiction is out there and if he does not defend his ip that he will lose the copyright on it That's... and he he mm-hmm. gave a couple like examples of this again from like the 60s and 70s and it's like george honey that's just not how this works like that mm-hmm. just isn't how ip works that isn't how copyright works you do not need to go after fans creating fan content that they're not selling and defend it 
and or you'll lose it. That's just not true. And yeah, that's a very narrow band of trademark uh, defense. I think trademark and copyright are separate, and I don't remember the exact like dividing line between them. But like in order to maintain uh, possession of like a trademark, you do have to defend the trademark. Like you have to, you know attempt to prevent other people from using it but again like this is a very very narrow band of that whole sort of like set of legal principles and certainly i i don't see how fan fiction would apply to that like you said it's not it is not something that somebody is selling nobody's making profit off of it and And like even if they were like go on etsy and search any major ip out there and there are people selling fan art fan creations are inspired by that shit and like disney has not lost any of their copyright to it like i don't think hbo is going to lose any of their copyright because someone made a uh i drink wine and i know things t-shirts and sold them like that's just that isn't how it works um disney will absolutely come after etsy sellers disney so, will yeah disney <laughs> Because they're, they're hot uh, yeah. on it. But, like, there's still tons of fan art and, like, Star Wars shit on Etsy that people are yes. selling and that Disney has not Yeah, you just tag it, tag it creatively. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's not... You're, you are correct. I think uh, George Martin's perspective on this is very outdated. Like, and, I, like, with the internet and, like, the way information can travel on the internet and the way people can just sell whatever shit they want on the internet, like, the these concepts are really not applicable anymore would george prefer you buy a 25 dollar t-shirt from him i'm i'm sure he would but he is not going to lose his ip because someone made a fan art thing and turned it into a t-shirt and sold it uh two more points and then we'll move on to the big scandal uh what was my next one What have I covered so You've got the, it weakens the IP. Yeah. You've got, if you don't defend your copyright, then you don't get to keep it. Um, you've got the, if you read fan fiction and you steal someone's idea, he thinks that they'll sue you. Oh, yes, I'm ready. Okay, so the, the second to last point is that he says it is bad for writers to write fan fiction, like aspiring writers, because it is like using training wheels and you'll never become a real writer if you write fan fiction. Um, to this I say, George, earlier in this article, you said that you started writing through fan fiction contests. And George then says, ah, yes, Andy, that's true. But the fan fiction I wrote was cool and different. <laughs> It's cool when I do it, though. I'm special. Uh, so his, his main point was that fan fiction is different nowadays than when he did it in the 60s. And that they never used, according to him, they never used characters from anything. They just created their own OCs. Oh, they oh. just used the, like, universe uh, and wrote, like, fan fiction inspired by stuff but they never like stole people's characters they only used OCs. look i can't prove that george martin did anything other than that 
Um, but certainly many people who are famous authors have done exactly that. Like, uh, George, I don't know. I don't know where you keep this shit, uh, uh, but I, I want to see it. I just... I would want to see it, George. Show it to me. His fan fiction? Yeah. Oh. I mean, besides the yeah. Jamie Lannister stuff. I know about, sure, sure, I know sure, about yeah. his fan fiction of his own his characters. His silly, his silly fan um, But yeah. I, uh, I don't believe you, George Martin. I don't. Not you, Andy. Yeah. I don't believe George Martin. <laughs> so there's that. Then there's the fact that, like, one, plenty of famous author authors who are, like, published, successful authors have said that they started through writing... Avatar The Last Airbender fanfiction, mm-hmm. or Interview with a Vampire fanfiction, or what have you, and they are published authors. One of one of my favorite authors writes Dragon Age fanfiction for funsies, like, and she just talks about it on Twitter. So, like, one, so that's patently untrue, George. Two, motherfucker, what do you call authors who write officially published IP novels with characters that aren't theirs oh like the people who write uh like the dragon age novels the, the like people who the, write the dragon age novels the people the, who write star wars novels the people who star trek and, and the yeah. james bond like mm-hmm. there are tons of very successful very rich very like artistically celebrated authors who are writing books for IPs that aren't their own and are writing characters that they did not create. George, are they still using training wheels? Like what about the people who worked on your TV show? Were they using training wheels because they didn't create those characters? Fight, 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 throw them in a ring. (laughs) So there's that aspect of it. And then like, lastly, the big aspect is like, how the fuck else do you learn to ride a bike, George? <laughs> you learn to ride a bike by using training wheels. And then when you are confident and successful enough at riding with training wheels, then you take the training wheels off. And so like, if aspiring writers are saying, yeah, I'm using this to cut my teeth and it's a fun exercise for me. Like, who are you to shit on their process of learning? And, like, how else do you expect them to learn other than using training wheels? Like, your own metaphor falls apart there. Yeah. Um, I think, like, it's also, uh, like, douchey and short-sighted of him to perceive, like, writing fanfiction as training wheels. Because some people do perceive it that way. Like, some people perceive writing fanfiction as a means to an end. But also, like, no one ever has pulled a character out of thin air. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have like no like you have interacted with human people in your life. You have interacted with other stories in your life and everything that you know to do is inspired in some way by people you have known, things you have read, like you're not you you do not exist in a vacuum. You are an amalgamation of your experiences. Uh so like this is just like it's very silly and it makes me sort of sort of irritable. <laughs> I guess Neil Gaiman is a piece of shit because the Sandman is set in the DC universe. Uh-huh. And Marvel 1602 is set in the Marvel universe and American Gods are all based on characters that Neil Gaiman didn't create. Like there's that aspect and then like Okay, so if fan fiction is bad for aspiring authors, and aspiring authors shouldn't do it, let's say George is right about that. 
What about all the fan fiction writers who do not want to be professional authors and are just doing this because they fucking enjoy it and it's an outlet for them and it's a creative thing for them? Like, is it better if they don't write then? Like, if the options are do creative writing with characters that you didn't create or don't write, what's better? Like, it is better to write. Mm-hmm. Like, it is better to be creative and to put something out there in the world than to not do it. So, I don't know. So, those are the three or four reasons, depending on how you split the one up that was, like, part A and part B, that I think are, like, bad reasons for George to say he doesn't like fan fiction. I think that's, like, I think all of those reasons show an ignorance to what fan fiction is nowadays, like, what modern fan fiction is, and how the industry works and George R. R. Martin is a very smart man and he's very successful and I'm not saying he's an idiot or anything like that I'm just saying I don't think he understands what he's harping about here I think this is a hypothesis I don't know this about George Martin I don't know this about any author um but I suspect um that people who create characters do get very close and very attached to those characters. So this is the final point. Okay, okay, okay. So the final point that George talks about that I want to bring up, and I think this is a perfectly legitimate reason for George R.R. Martin to say he doesn't like fan fiction. Mm -hmm. And that is that he says, look, uh, he specifically said, like, look, I am not, I do not have kids. I am not a father. I do not have my own children. These characters, I have spent so much time writing and so much time creating and I love them very much and they are dear to me and they are my children. And it makes me uncomfortable to see people play with my toys. Specifically, he talked about how he deals with a lot of like harsh stuff in his books and it like, is very emotionally painful for him to like hurt these characters. But when he does it, he's allowed to do it. But when people graphically hurt his characters through the fan, like through fan fiction or whatever, or like other authors have like pitched him on like, Hey, I want to like write this short story using your characters. Can I do it? And he reads it and like, so-and-so is getting graphically sexually assaulted by this other character. And he's like, absolutely not. No, like you cannot, like it makes him sick. And so with the sort of world he's created where things are very harsh and like tough things do happen. And he deals with very, very heavy themes. The idea of him saying it's okay when I do it, because these are mine, but it makes me uncomfortable when other people are doing it. I get that. Like, I I can sympathize with him saying, I made these characters, and it, like, makes me uncomfortable when other people write with them. Uh, yeah, I think that's really, like, the only sort of legitimate argument in this set of arguments. Absolutely. I, uh, like, that's a fair thing to feel, George Martin. You, You can be uncomfortable with that. Uh, I, you know, in cases like that, I think... There's a case to be made for, like, respecting that author's wishes, and I'm sure that, like, some people who would otherwise be inclined to write fanfiction might read that and think, like, all right, like, I respect this author, I like this series, and I won't because it's against the author's wishes. Um, I don't 
Like, I don't think he needs to make up all these other reasons why fan fiction is bad. Like, I think he can just say, like, it makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it when people use my characters in fan fiction and that's it. Like, that's perfectly, that's perfectly fine. You're allowed to, you're allowed to feel like that, George. I do think it is then hypocritical of him to have these other, like, mediums that he seems okay with. Like, Mm -hmm. like, if you're uncool with fan fiction, why is fan art? any different or better and if you're cool if you're uncool with fan fiction why is like this creative process okay or that one okay and not Mm -hmm. not this other one so like i i do squint a little bit at it but uh i i can understand his like his case with that one example and you're right it, it does seem like then the other one shouldn't matter yeah but uh george has said that like he knows fanfiction as out there he doesn't want it to be sent to him he doesn't want to see it he acknowledges it's out there he says that he kind of wishes it wasn't but he also understands that this is just part of the world we live in and that as a successful author people are going to write stories for fun about his characters and like he just would rather not directly know about it which like okay yeah that's fine uh, I, um, personally, morally, I still think it's fine to write fan fiction and publish it. Like, it, it, look, I, like this, like I said, there is a case to be made for that not being fine. Some people don't feel fine about acting against an author's wishes. My take is that that is sort of the, the price you pay for selling your work into the public. Like, if you, you know, if you want to make money off of this work that you have created um you have to understand that people are going to interpret and reinterpret that work in ways that you cannot control uh i do think that like george is entitled to make money off these characters he has created absolutely i don't think anybody like i'm not i am not advocating for like art theft Um, what I'm saying is like people, uh, who reinterpret like this media, uh, for no like personal financial benefit, like as an act of love are not stealing from George Martin. So like, I think personally it's morally fine. Do your, do your fan art, do your fan fiction. Even if he doesn't like it, that's fine. He, that's, he agreed to this type of interaction with fans and with fan interpretation when he signed the documents to publish this and like put it out into the world. I completely agree with you. Like fanzines, fan cons, fan art, fan fiction has all been part of fan culture for as long as fan culture has been a thing. Mm -hmm. George has actively participated in that culture as a fan and as a creator and it like he seems to acknowledge that he seems to say like look even though it personally makes me uncomfortable and i don't want to know about it i recognize that this is out there and like i'm okay with that seems to be what george is saying so that brings us to this weird scandal uh there is a person heavily involved in the uh, Song of Ice and Fire fandom. It seems like she got 
her start, and I'm not going to say her name, uh, mostly because I feel weird calling out a fan by name, but also she has crossed the line into no longer being a fan, which is why I'm cool talking about it. But it just seems like a weird gray space to like acknowledge her by name. So I'm not going to say her name. But she seems to have gotten her start big time in the fandom by translating the books for the publishing company uh, into, I think she's Swedish. We'll go with that. Into Swedish. Uh, but then. Asterisk. May or may not be Swedish. May or may We're not gonna be Swedish. Swedish for the sake of. Uh, brevity uh but then uh it, she created a fan website along with her partner uh that they ran and it involved forums and uh it got really really popular and i would say that it is probably the biggest website to the song of ice and fire fan community out there uh she also extensively started like wikiing the books uh you know very similar to wikipedia and i do think that she is now like one of the main editors for the wikipedia Mm -hmm. i first became aware of her because i thought some of the choices made around queer characters was kind of homophobic and i started going hmm i wonder who's in charge of this so that was my first stumbling upon are you talking about on the wiki Mm-hmm. Okay, I was gonna say you can't read Swedish, so no, no, <laughs> all, all all of her stuff is also in English. Um, a few years ago, uh, and by a few I mean like ten years ago, uh, as her relationship with George started getting more professional, a bunch of stuff came out about her massive. She had a very popular Tumblr related to a Song of Ice and Fire fandom. And uh, she would publish, you know, fan mail to the website. And a bunch of it, it turns out, was really, really racist. And really, really, and really, really sexist. And really, really homophobic. So this all surfaced about 10 years ago. And it dated back really, really far. Like, there were racist posts coming from her up to, like, 30 years ago. So, like... 10 years ago when it seemed like this first really came to a head with uh you know this drama kind of starting on tumblr and then spiraling as people started looking more into her history it went back a really far way Mm -hmm. uh so it showed that this isn't just like a recent thing this she has a history of doing this this uh like i said blew up 10 years ago when game of thrones was starting out the show so she had some issues with some casting and with this, that, and the other, and she didn't like these choices. And it turns out all of a lot of her opinions are uh, really, quote-unquote, problematic. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, I would say, was still a pretty conservative show. And I would say, especially starting out, was very true to the books. So uh, all of her cries of book accuracy like seemed really weak uh because like you said that first season is almost identical to that first yeah like there are long sequences of dialogue just pulled directly from the books like virtually nothing has changed um hot d on the other hand 
has made quite a few changes. Part of the reason is that Fire and Blood, the book that Hot D is based on, is centered around the idea of unreliable narrators. Uh, It's different historians kind of looking at what happened and writing what they think happened and like compiling sources. So the show is playing in that, in that space. Uh, Also though, the show made a conscious effort to cast more actors of color. Mm -hmm. And this Swedish fan is super pissed about that. (laughs) And she is not uh, subtle about it. Uh, she has called people the N-word uh, in responses. Uh, she cool, has cool, called cool. Uh, women who have taken issue with her posts uh, every name you can imagine, um, uh, C-word included. Uh, and uh, she is really unhappy with how certain gay characters have been treated in Hot D. Uh, wanting them to have more violent ends. Um, and like Ooh, I girl. said, her other posts about gay people, uh, even before I knew who this woman was, I I was squinting at them going, that seems pretty homophobic. And that was before I knew about any of this other shit. Um, you might say, Andy, what does this have to do with fan fiction? One, uh, she uses all this colorful language to describe fanfic writers as well. Uh, She has kind of taken it as a personal journey for her to deride a Song of Ice and Fire fanfic writers Uh, and personally attack them and send them hate and talk about how fanfiction is terrible. Uh, And uh, she's extremely outspoken about this and uh, her views are absurdly over the top for something that is not hurting anyone mm-hmm. uh like the the racism sexism and homophobia is all inexcusable uh and obviously a a much worse thing than hating fanfic writers but it it, it, it does seem like just bonkers to me to have that same sort of hateful energy for fanfic writers and then to attack them using racist homophobic and sexist language as well just seems buck wild uh the other reason why this is super relevant is that george has hired her to help edit his newest book oh no so because she has been the kind of sole arbiter her and her husband of the a song of ice and fire wiki uh george has thanked her at the front of uh books yours has acknowledged her in other places and uh her and her husband helped compile this newest book that is coming out and she has gone so far as to say that the only thing george is adding is his name on the check and that george hasn't actually written any of it it's all her work um this book comes out very shortly depending on when this episode drops or it's already out. And it's really fucking gross that George has like been dodging questions about her posts and her behavior towards his fans and like posts that she's making in his name. 
uh, and is like gainfully employing her. Like she has at this point in my mind, fully crossed the line from fan into creator. Now she's being paid for an official book. Uh, and it's just really gross. And George shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. That blows. Yeah. Uh, so that's the newest scandal is that, um, with this book coming out, all of this has bubbled up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that it, it bubbled up big time at the start of Game of Thrones. It bubbled up again as like hot D casting was coming out. And then now that this book is coming out and that she's bragging about being the sole author and that Georgia didn't do anything for it. Uh, those comments rubbed people, I would say, the wrong way who were not actively involved in the fandom, but were fans. And so they started looking into her and being like, whoa like what the fuck she's nuts uh because yes she is fully nuts the the violent language she uses at the slightest push is uh like kind of terrifying and i'm surprised that she has not like spontaneously combusted that's wild yeah i gotta i gotta like look this woman up and uh like you know masochistically inflict this on myself because like i'm i'm desperate to understand what her deal is but that's very bizarre like very bizarre takes very bizarre i mean like look like rate is racism is like as common as dirt you know unfortunately um so i can't say i'm surprised that there's some high up person in the song of ice and fire fandom who like just fucking sucks unfortunately there are a ton of fandoms where at least one high up person in the fandom just deeply fucking sucks but um it's uh alarming to know that like the author is complicit essentially in whatever she is doing and her opinions and shit also i like all that aside i just think if she wants to write a book she should create her own characters and not (laughs) use training wheels on someone else's also, unlike this crazy person aside, and like George aside, I think a big point of the episode that we previously recorded was that how the A Song of Ice and Fire fandom interacts with fan theories is basically on par with the creative exercise and like muscles of writing fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And both George and this very stressful woman love fan theories mm-hmm. so like it just it just seems so strange to me that they would both have like george's stance is way less hardline than this woman's she like truly hates fan fiction writers for whatever reason it just seems very very uh strange to me that like george will talk about how he knows fans has figured stuff out and he would only know that if he's reading fan theories and George, how is reading fan theories any different than reading fan fiction? And how is writing intricate, elaborate, essay-long fan theories any different than writing chapter-long fan fictions? I just don't see the difference. Well, thank you for taking all the time to explain that to me, Andy. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end this mini-sode before our pre-sode by saying uh, I'm really enjoying Hot D. Uh, I think all of the casting has been great. I think the changes have been... 
uh, really interesting and great and show uh, a lot of love and care for the original source material. And if you think uh, small changes uh, or casting the most talented actors available for any of that is uh, an issue, then I think you're a fucking loser and a dork and uh, probably racist. And uh, yeah, maybe don't be racist, sexist and homophobic. That'd be great. And George, don't hire someone who is all of those things and all of those things extremely publicly. But yeah, watch Hot Tea and uh, listen to me talk about uh, Song of Ice and Fire fan theories. Uh, it's it's a fun it's a fun episode. And uh, my key thesis that I've already spoiled is that elaborate fan theories in this fandom are extremely the same to fan fiction. And uh, maybe don't look down on the one if you're cool with the other. Fan Fiction is Good, actually, is part of Where They May Radio, a small family of podcasters just doing our best. You can keep up with Fan Fiction is Good, actually, on Twitter at fanficisgoodpod. For bonus content, including bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash wtmradio. Where They May Radio.